Welcome to the GRFC Podcast, where we give you the behind-the-scenes look of what happened in this Fire Pro Federation. I'm your host, the goth rock star, Zach Roper, joined along with the owner of GRC, Dead Shadow, and some couple of other faces. How's it going, guys? You fucking suck. Yeah, we all do. <laughs> That's not nice. Bad too bad. <laughs> Man, this is a hell of a way to start episode two. Anyway, exactly. Yeah, you know, anyways, I was just more rivers, aka the Demon Slayer. Yeah. Yeah, I hate this product. It's awful. You know what's better? Jr's barbecue sauce, and we need. Yeah, a yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the only yeah. thing that can save this. This fucking company, man. Alright, so we actually have someone new joining in for this episode that wasn't able to make it. Show! Introduce yourself real quick Hello. before we get this started. Ah, it feels good to be back around my peers. It's been 80, 81 years, something like that. It's been forever. Okay. It's not that long, son. It's felt like it, I'll be it's honest mean. with you. It's felt like it, but it's good to be back around the GRC head honchos, the GRC elite. It's it's really damn good to be back. Alright, so before we get started on the road to GRC lockdown, first, we have to get this out of the way. Show. I think you've already introduced yourself a little bit, but uh, tell us uh, how you got into Fire Pro Wrestling World and how you were recruited into uh, GRC. Well, how I got into it, uh, Redact the company, it all came from a invite from a Jay Balmer himself. Oh. Uh, from another server that we were in. So he was like, hey, you want to join this? I'm like, wrestling? I'm like, okay. I'm like, I liked wrestling. You know, that was prime NXT, you know, uh, the black and gold era, the true NXT days. So I'm like, you know what? I'll join. I'll go see. And me and Sharp, you know. We're like, all right, hey, let's just join it because, you know, he went trying to give advice. Me and Sharp, like, no, we got along wrestling and all that. You know, that was another good thing that furthered our, you know, friendship and all that. And, you know, we had joined and, you know, we both always wanted, like, hey, you know, it's role play. How about we just make a tag team? You know, women's wrestling. You know, I always liked women's wrestling. It's just interesting, like, if you, you know, just book it right. So we were like, all right, he created Maya. I created Brooklyn. And then we, you know, both joined that company. Brooklyn had a huge rise throughout the company and then you know the whole fallout and all that and then that's how we ended up with grc y'all got probably you know similar stories you know the huge fallout and we just migrated over here built our own company and yeah that's when it started you know became the gm of massacres like i remember dad was all right what names y'all guys want and you know i wanted sharp like hey let's book this we you know we could do this together so we're like, okay, Masker sound like the best sounding name to us. So that's like, all right, let's just do Mondays. And then, you know, we got into the – did you guys talk about the famous uh, draft that we'll never be, see the – Oh, yeah, we mentioned that. Want... Yeah, well, we – no. So I, I don't think draft. I gave anyone an option for a name. I think it just, like, kind of happened. No, so you just put had names all there. the names. And then yeah. we got to choose which brand. Oh, okay. Yeah, we were one of the first ones. And then Zach, like, he had, like, top tier – and then, you know, we didn't want to take out. We were like, you know, Masker sounds good. We can make our own image. So, you know, we had that famous draft, you know, 
Sharf probably told, you know, we were, because KYO, he was actually, dude, the reason why we ended up with so many, you know, Asians, which led to the Asian Heritage Division was we wanted KYO. And Dead was like, hey, there's another dude on this roster, just like KYO. You see for our draft, we drafted a whole bunch of Asians. None of them were like KYO. So the last pick, I'm like, you know what, I'm going to pick Johnny Rocket. Dead goes, hey, that's the KYO. Completely different ethnicity, nationality, and all that. So that's what led, and then... Yeah, I meant the fighting staff. Well, fighting staff, I thought you meant, like, everything, like, okay. No. You know, it, you know, it took to the last page again and Johnny to realize, oh, this is what he meant. But, you know, we decided to do what was best, you know, that the division, we came with the idea. We love that division. It was personally my favorite, I would say, besides the women's division. And, you know, you guys already talked about the lead-up to... Uh, Homecoming. Homecoming and all that. That was a great show. The Rise of Kenji. I hope Sharp did my boy proud in the last episode. I got to watch that whenever we release, you know, the episodes going on. But, yeah, that's my story. Uh, we just migrated over here and was like, all right, let's do it our own selves. All right. That, uh, yeah, I, I didn't know some of that. So, thanks for sharing. Uh, so, before we... Uh, before we get to lockdown, there's a couple of things I want to do. Uh, first of all, uh, just for fun, since we've kind of haven't recorded since September, or uh, I think it was October when we recorded, uh, Halloween passed after we did the episode. And I was, I thought it'd be fun if I guess we could uh, say what our Fire Pro characters would dress up as for Halloween. That's kind of a late Halloween kind of segment so uh uh i'll start since i already have mine and then i'll spin the wheel and let you guys do yours so uh my character would obviously dress up as eric draven aka the crow which is a very famous uh night late 90s uh gothic superhero movie uh about a uh, a guitarist who dies uh, his fiance gets murdered. He gets brought back to exact vengeance. Uh, Carmella would probably dress up as Morticia Adams, and we already did this in Fire Pro, but Lilith would dress up as Carmella. So, let me spin the wheel and see who's going to share their costumes next. You spin the wheel, make a deal, kid. Mar! What would your characters dress up as for Halloween? <laughs> Right, this is obvious. You know, Tanjiro Kondo. Of course. Um, it's like, of course, of course, obvious, dude. <laughs> it's obvious, of course. I'm a Team Slayer fanboy, <laughs> after all. <laughs> or be like my hero, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, <laughs> lay on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> so you mean uh, a lot of weeping? Yup. <laughs> Alright, exactly. so what would your what would your characters dress up as? I guess for Brooklyn there's three names that kinda of go around. Azula from Avatar Last Airbender. Great choice. Uh Jinx from Arcane. That another I good like choice. And then uh the Ride and Shogun from Genshin. I don't know, both three I think would work. I think Shogun would work with like, you know, she has like the little braided hair. So oh like, yeah. I think Brooklyn would probably pull that one off best. But yeah, it would be probably between those three. Gotcha. That would probably if we, you know, 
massacre, you know, when it comes back. I kind of want to get some, like, themed attire for that, you know, based off of one of them. Alright, dead. You fuck. What, what would your character dress up as if you even have one? I mean, I... I feel like Eustace Bag or Oscar Grouch would probably work. <laughs> <laughs> Seems uh, to fit pretty well. <laughs> Alright, Sharp, you're last. We're saving the best. This was actually the inspiration behind her Kingdom of Aces 2 attire. Maya Hapon would be Amaterasu, the um, goddess of the universe in Japanese mythology. Oh, wow. Sweet. So no uh, Tamama no Mei or anything like that? No. No, no Fox Shrine waifu? Got you. <laughs> Alright, so now that we've kind of discussed that little uh, late Halloween thing, uh, I'm going to just quickly backtrack to some interesting things that happened uh, during the uh, whole hum homecoming thing that I forgot to talk about, and also something I just want to correct because I got the whole praise and Milkman story uh, incorrect. Oh, uh, the so, famous story? Oh, uh, yeah, the famous story. So let me do that first before well, I... To be fair, you fucked up. Uh, I'm not gonna do I'm not gonna do the sound. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, with the Chody the Milkman and Prey story, what I got wrong was, uh, so I said that Praise was going to pin, uh, whoever was, uh, guilty or something like that, which it is correct, but the outcome I got wrong and what happened to them, so... With that match, with whoever Praise pinned in the triple threat match, uh, or whoever was pinned or whatever, was going to go to jail for the murder of the Muffin Man, and Praise ended up pinning Tony the Milkman. Now, this is important because uh, Tony the Milkman's return is predicated on this. So, the whole storyline was like, oh, you know, Tony murdered his brother, and that's when I kind of flipped it where it's like, huh. You know what, it'd be more fucked up if this person did it. So, fast forward to Homecoming, and Tony gets uh, bailed from jail. So I think Praise ends up bailing him. He returns for the Rumble, wins the whole thing, and then that's when it's revealed that... Uh... So, actually, I think it's the show... So we're getting into the show when the reveal happens, so I kind of spoiled it a little bit in the last episode, but I just wanted to make that correction real quick, and I'll talk about the rest of the story later. Uh, something else that happened that I have to mention because this one uh, best Uwu Army moment was the fact that on the go-home show to Homecoming, Zack Roper had faced these two Asian bums that Top Tier Tuesday had, in a handicap match. And the referee was Sierra Moon, who was someone that I had used in VRW, uh, my promotion before uh, World's Crappiest Company. <laughs> and uh, I, uh, I convinced the owner of that place to uh, get her as a referee, which he barely used her. And I she became, like, top tier Tuesday as, like, uh, 
first signed referee or whatever, like the primary referee. And she plays an important role because what happens is predicated on her. So Zach is facing these two bums in a two-on-one handicap match. They all, they're both in the ring at the same time. So there's no tags or anything like that. So one of the guys ends up throwing uh, Zach against the rope. Zach rebounds and he ends up just colliding into Sierra Moon and Zach is hitting one of his moves and when Sierra Moon gets up she throws out the match which really pisses off uh, Carmella so much that they had a little bit of a rivalry going on after that now that wasn't bad enough what happened might have been a career suicide for Zach if he hadn't recovered so fast uh, after homecoming. So what happened next was because since we had some time left, uh, because the matches were going really short because these bums couldn't uh, get some good work rate going, uh, Zach ended up challenging Marco Da Vinci as a like you know fuck that match. This is gonna be the real match kind of thing. And Marco Da Vinci ends up getting a huge upset win over Zach, therefore causing in infamy Zach's worst fucking day in Top Tier Tuesday. So I had to mention that because that shit was so important. So, with that being said, Mar, what do you remember about the build to uh, GRC's lockdown? The Final joint pay-per-view of GRFC. Uh, let's see. Lockdown? So, remember, you're the Tati Heroic champion at this point. Yeah, I was, like, champion at this time. Uh, I think I was, like, doing an open challenge at the time as well. As oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mr. Uh, Mr. George, the, uh, the villain, ended up yeah. answering it. And you know, I had to make sure, I was like, All right, do you want to make this a title match more? Did I say yeah? I think I say yes. Yep. Yeah. Then, um, <laughs> Zach at the time, um, I think we were feuding at times, so while okay. I was champion. So I was going to mention this on my turn, but I might as well say it now. So before leading up to Homecoming, I was the talent-friendly uh, top-tier Tuesday GM where I wanted to have the best matches possible, and I wanted to main event shows, but highlight other people. After I lost the Texas Deathmatch, I went full fucking heel authority mode, where it's like, alright, fuck you. I'm gonna do whatever it takes to get what I want as GM now. I'm gonna fucking abuse my power if I have to. <laughs> so this was pretty much the start of that character development. Yeah, did uh, I think, I would say... Before lockdown came, He's, we did a gauntlet match for Mar. And, uh, no, so this is the go home show to lockdown. So yeah, yeah, I think I remember that. But uh, <laughs> they sent a hitman basically on that first one. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. What was his um, name? Who was the name of the hitman, Dad? Because you would know those. Yeah. Uh, yeah, is that in the note thing? It's Hitman Lee and Hitman Sean. No, it's not them. I think it was Alan Carter or something like that. It was something like that. But yeah, 
It was just, I remember that one spot. I think I remember this one spot. He did something on the apron. Oh, he did a, he did a fucking, uh, like. He did, like, some stiff German suplex where yeah, he, he basically did. killed him. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I thought Mark got injured after that shit. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, oh, shit. Damn, Zach really tried to get Mark to die on that night. <laughs> Oh, I'll get to what I was doing when it's my turn. <laughs> did uh, then uh, did Mar barely beat him on the first match? The second match, he just, I think after that, he just gave up, <laughs> and it was over like quit too. Surprisingly. Yeah. So, what was your like headspace at this time? Because I know you had uh, another character on Monday. Walmart was on Tuesday. My headspace? Oh. Uh, Which is ironic because that was your first theme song. My first? Um, same. Yeah, I just seen those own damn theme songs. No, I'm trying to remember. Uh, it, was, it was from Father from the In my headspace, I think I'm nothing. Am I too late? It was oh uh, that one. It was the one with uh, as poor long Stacey as that Skibby dop rap bullshit that he has. Yeah, from the guys. Um, yeah, it was the one that he had in OWA where I asked you what it was because it sounded sick. Oh fuck, I do not remember, but, but uh, I think it was the taste. Yeah, but I mean the scene song's not important. I just thought that was ironic that I stated that. But uh, what was yeah. your uh, what was your mindset? Because I believe this was when uh, your other character was on Monday, and you were kind of juggling both of them at the same time. Yeah, like, I would try to, like, make sure they both get involved often as possible. Try to switch flip-flop characters at the time. And, uh, try to, you know, make sure that, you know, make some good storylines and put on some good matches as much as possible. And, uh, I would focus on Mike, Mike a little bit more. Since he was like, relatively new, to be fair. Or yeah, so it was Mike Rivers that was on Monday. Okay, just to yeah. kind of let the people know at home know who we're talking about. Yeah, so sure. But uh, I would focus on him more than Mar, since like it was my new character at the time as well. Because I just made Mike around those times before I left. Uh, World's crappiest company. <laughs> I love that that's like my trademark name for it now. <laughs> uh, or aka ABC Mouse. Alright, those are the two names we're going with. But, uh, yeah. That's pretty much it for me right there. Alright, that's it. Sure yeah. you got uh, nothing else to add? Um... Uh, so, yeah, Top Tier Tuesday is still better. Yeah. All right, well. blows. <laughs> I hey, Sami Zayn fucking shattered us out last night, so. <laughs> Shout, thank you, Sammy. Uh, so I believe it, uh, okay, here we go. So, Sharp, your turn. What do you remember about the build to uh, lockdown that you can uh, also let 
uh, show kind of talk about some things as well. Yeah, well, just yeah, on yeah, the massacre train. Yeah, because y'all know we have all our notes and we um, we document every single little minute detail on massacre, so we can give you the entire summary. So after um, homecoming, we start just kind of continuing that momentum with announcement of the Hana Kimura Memorial Women's Tournament, which will crown our main Massacre Women's Champion and our side Massacre Duchess Champion. A 32-woman tournament, eight Fatal 4-Ways. The winner of those eight Fatal 4-Ways go into single elimination. Then there'd be a third-place match for the Duchess Championship, with the finals being for the Women's Championships. And... Well, I'm going to talk about over, like, you know, the blocks and stuff. Uh, you know, block A was Dahani, then we had Miyoko, uh, Anumi, and Anita Armstrong. Block B was Harley Sparks, Boston, Brooklyn Thompson, Texas Rose. That's a name I have not heard in a while. Block C was Golden Tigress and Amelia Earhart, uh, one of the Javieras, Adrian Lopez, Block D. Damn, this was fun. Rachel White, Megan Von Horn, Michelle Rochefort. Tiffany Chan, Blocky, Rosie Donnelly, Fantastic Cosmica, Dragon Rosa, Sakura, Gioco, Block F, La Bruhaha, uh, Julia Garcia, Galaxy Girl, Amelia Armstrong, Block G was Vanessa Price, uh, Kaoru, uh, I butchered that, I have not said these names in a while, Javier, Leslie Flair, Valentina Crane, and Block H was Kana Lazuka. Tony Reese, my opponent, Bashira Matsumoto. And yeah, we had a. Who do we have wanting to win that tournament? We, who was our desire? Yeah, who was our um, desire? I'm trying to figure out because, you know, we had it all mapped out, but we had a lot of upsets. Like, we changed up the structure. Like, we changed up the structure going year or two, which we'll talk about that however many times from really, now. Really, there wasn't a set winner we wanted. It's just the idea that. You have a list of people like Brooklyn, Maya, Vanessa was thrown around, but not Vanessa yeah. wouldn't become Vanessa for until mm-hmm. Kingdom of Aces won. But yeah, she's always an like, underdog. Like, half a year. And then Michelle like, Rochefort, we were big on her. Megan Vaughn. Megan Vaughn would be high. Yeah, yeah what about Vaughan. good old Dar? Nah, this was before she had got to the this company. Was <laughs> this was the first time. This was. Before those days, this was, <laughs> yeah, because I'm just looking, because you know we had many young stables at, and this was before the women's division got stables. It's kind of like everyone was out for themselves. Yeah, it was before the, the uh, yeah. tag team division. Yeah, we like we still, you know, we had, you know, the black cards. So it was like the I think Tuesday did it like a month or two earlier before Monday did. Oh yeah, I'll get to the first team once it's my turn. Didn't y'all have that since day one? Am I crazy? Uh, I don't think we did. We, I was not, maybe not day one, but it wasn't like. I feel like y'all had it like way before. One. I was building towards one group specifically. No, because I remember because uh, um the first ever um. Uh, oh God! What the paper? The our Survivor Series. What was it called? Crossover. Crossover. No. Yeah. We had the women's tag match, and it was yeah. You already uh, had a women's. They had tag champs. We didn't, so we sent the Javieras as just 
kind of the undisputed best. Or I shouldn't say undisputed, but well, I mean, we definitely kind of had yeah, a head start with it, but it wasn't yeah. really solidified yet until locked down with the first uh, faction. Because before this, were we still built? Well, we're still talking. Did we? I don't think we had tag champions, right? Or was this or was the tournament? Yeah, men's. Uh, yeah, the Lone Star Sable won it at um, New Arrival, which was... Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, because yeah, Lockdown, uh, I'm just trying to think, because we had the Hanukkah That was The tournament was after The tournament lockdown. ended the day after Lockdown, or two so, days. So I guess we'll reveal that next episode. When or we could, yeah, we can just reveal that next episode. Yeah, so next we, episode. Um, we started the Hanukkah Memorial Tournament. And one of the more iconic moments of early massacre was um, the Fourth of July. Yeah, I'm looking at now the tweets. Uh, yeah, the like Fox tweets back in the day. Yeah, Fox mocking America, Brian Stewart responding, and then Mer- all then, countries matter. I'm sorry, that's just hashtag all countries matter. Then um, quote from Yardley Fox on Monday night: "We'll test the patriotic Brian Street and see how." American spirit works for him. He'll be going up against the Masquerade champion, Dread, in an Independence Day brawl match. And then Dread, yeah. it was one of his first ever promos he had cut. You know, mm-hmm. pay wise you know, it was it was you know dead. But you know, it was one of the first times he's ever spoken. You know, the only time I, th- I think this was yeah, this was the first time. The other times were involving you know Chris Edwards, but that's way down the line. But you know, we had did this kind of like. Oh, that yeah, Khan. No, no, I'm not gonna let this slide. Well, no, 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 that's <laughs> after. We're talking about Brian Street. We're going like Chronicle. He's talking about like promo wise. Yeah, yeah promo wise, you know, this was before. And then we had, you know, that show, the Independence Day Brawl. And then. That's an iconic match. It was. It's the first time Dread, you know, we thought he was gonna show up as himself, but he showed up as his human self. And he still whooped Brian Street's ass. Brian Street got no offense in that. That was like a true burial right there. But you know, Brian, you know, he knew he played the part. He, we had a whole idea, you know, a huge feud going within. It's like okay, him versus management. You know, the man ended up getting arrested later on. But right now it was him versus Fox. You know, if you haven't noticed, Fox likes to start stuff with people. The more episodes we'll go through. Of the recurring theme. Also, we launched the Crown Jewel Championship Tournament show. Tell us the Crown Jewel. I'm trying to pull that up. Ah, now that I'll talk about that trade in a few. The Crown Jewel. Damn, I'm trying to scroll up. You got above be- Vanessa's promo. Above Vanessa's promo. It's above the first Agent Heritage Power Rankings, which was a short-lived. <laughs> ah, yes, I see it. Okay, yeah. So we had a multi-man tournament. There was, you know, two blocks, eight participants. So, you know, we had Wild West Wrangler, you know, the leader of the Lone Star Stable, you know, a true national icon to America and a true icon to the people of Texas. Then we had Bullet from the Asian Heritage Division, you know, the youngster, uh, the future alcoholic, uh, future ending up in uh, rehab multiple times, you know. He was very promising at the time. Then this was a uh, Mike Rivers, you know, making a statement, you know, kind of mid card. You know, we didn't like to say the word mid card. You know, it was kind of like the crown jewel. 
it's a special title. It's like we looked at it as our intercontinental. It's like there's gonna be some prestige with it. So it's like launching this belt. You know, it was a Alexander King's. You know, it was his baby. It was his belt. And you know, in that same block, we had Enzin Clark. You know, he tagged with Johnny Rocket in the Uprising. And block B, we had Brian Street. Then we had Pure Award Junior. You know, Tomatonga. <laughs> I, you know, call back to, I guess, the episode before you, you, you talked about that with Tejano X. We had Cards Rowdy, then Noah Thomas, you know. It was a damn good block, if you know, think about it. It was, like, the staples like of that division, you know. I would say, like, if you're thinking about the state, you know, early stages of it, you know, Mike Rivers was important. Brian was. And, you know, Bullet, Bullet and Cards, they are very important part to Masker. You know, the first ever match, and you know, those were the guys. But, all right, I'm going to let you go talk next. All right. So, the, oh, sorry. sorry. No, no, no. <laughs> we are still on. We're yeah, trying to get done with ours. Y'all made that mistake letting us talk. We don't know. <laughs> so we introduced the Crunchyroll tournament to tell you that Brian Street threatened legal action on Meredith Fox after... Um, after the entire Independence um, Day Brawl scenario. Then we had to leave. I mean, how many tweets do I see? One, two, three, I four. I see so many. Expect these papers today. My lawyer will be dropping. Have we revealed who the lawyer was at that point? Lawyer? So I don't. I don't. When do we introduce no. uh, Mikazuki? I think Brian introduces Mikazuki around this point. But uh, yeah, Mikazuki is Brian's lawyer and one of the more iconic like pairings in GRFC history. And then Meredith Lee Fox, and this is important, pulls Brian Street out of the Crown Jewel tournament due it's to legal issues. And Ichiro Matsuda gets put in as the replacement. And then. And, and we had, um, this is an important moment. It's Tejano X versus Shinsuke Igawa on July 13th in a Champions versus Champions match. And we see, um, this show, July 13th edition of Monday Night Massacre 2020, has a lot of important moments, actually. It has Brian Street and Mikazuki versus Ten and Sakura Chiyoko. She's Mikazuki. Oh. Kinda hold her off? Yeah, I remember that. Oh, no, hold up. You gotta look at the match eight, the Black Hearts versus Team Dropkick, because this is important to uh, lock down. Uh, Maya Hapone broke her neck the first time. It was uh, DDT from Boston. And mm-hmm. they ended up beating Brooklyn because, you know, it was 2v1. And, you know, that leads – that was one of the storylines going into lockdown. Damn, this was actually an important show. And then we have Tejano X versus Shinsuke Igawa. Shinsuke Igawa pinning Tejano X for the first time in Massacre history. And then, hold on. Yeah, that, that was very crucial. My bad. I'll let you finish that part. It's been a while. And then Brian Street sues again for for oh. Brian Street and more presses, more. I remember at one point we went to role play an entire like court room. <laughs> yeah, that. that was one time you did that. Yeah, but we teased that. We teased that, but that was kind of like mm, that was a lot. That was um, not now. That was we've done a lot of long stuff with that. There's some like press conference thing too at one point. Probably. And press conference. The that's like a whole court. Long staying. 
but hold up. Here's a here's actually a very important part of history right here. It was a trade with a Thursday night takeout, and I remember the names. Uh, oh. Monday night, I received Iscariot, Rena Del Tigre, and a question mark to be later announced. And then takeout received Mona Lisa and Angry Knuckles. Can you quote to me what you said about Iscariot? Because you questioned me on this okay. trade. Oh. About it. Just tell me. Okay. Everyone listen up. This was an error in judgment. Bison, the old, the role player of Ian Sezanov, the former manager of Takeout, DMs me. And he basically is coming, they're coming with all these trade offers. Uh, you know, they're just throwing things like at me. Um, you know, they're testing the waters of trades and all that stuff. Trying to. Let me. I'm trying to find the specific DMs. I know what I, the words are. Can you search? I know up what the words me? are. But I, I, I'm trying to get it exactly. You know, this is important. This is a you know, very, very important part of history. I'm sorry to the other co-hosts. You know, we'll we'll wait for y'all. Y'all guys to give y'all's whole so, in depth. Why don't you just continue on with the July 20th edition of Massacre? The while July I 20th. Ooh, okay. that is another insanely um, pretty remarkable moment. July 20th. We had Bullet, Inns, and Clark because we had the you know results after. Uh, the main event was... Oh, hold up. Before I get to the main event, you know, before... Someone broke out. It was match nine was a champion. So it's Tehan All X and Shinsuke Gawa versus Alone Star Stable. Then, you know, the main event is probably one of the most historic things that ever happened to our company. And, Actually, you know, I we had. That. You found it. What was so, that? So I'm going to cut you off. So I get on July 3rd, 2020, the general manager of Takeout DMs me, quote, Yo, what do you think Massacre would give in a trade for Iscariot? And I respond with a nosebleed seat for you and a friend of your choosing. Christ. Yeah. And then, you know, in a few episodes from now, we'll talk about the impact that man has had. But just remember that name. And then the question mark, I think I know who. I think I know who we got in that trade. It's uh, they make a surprise debut Uh at Lost in Japan. But, so, for the main Back event, it was the Asian Heritage number one contenders, you know, it was a time Royale match. There was this uh, one man, He he's become a legend, you know, did you talk about uh, the famous match uh, with the devil? Yes, I did. Yeah, yes, Yao Jaquan, you know, he was supposed to be buried by Lucifer, you know, we had, I had huge chose for Lucifer, you know, the flipping devil, and Yao decides to beat him. Now, this man, one of the number one contenders, Royal Rumble match, and books his ticket to face Shinsuke Gawa lockdown. The short little Chinese man, this would, I would say, propel him to stardom. He but, enters his number two. Yeah, he enters his number two. Became the famous number two. You know, Masker's had a lot of number two winners. You know, if he was like, oh, number one's a Matt enough for Masker, that was like number two. If you win number two, you had the highest odds of winning it. But the man just became a legend. Hold up. 
injury report about Maya Hapone after the whole injury. She was taken out of the Hanukkah Memorial Tournament, and she was replaced uh, by Akira Matsuda. So she was out for three weeks. I each. don't. I don't know if I should say this, but this is the say all um, expose of GRC, isn't it? Right. Yeah. I mean, so, this is pretty uh, much a backstage kind of podcast. So. Yeah. I um, I got some heat on me for not originally putting Akira in. So when Maya went down, I was like, great, we all get what we want. Storyline injury means I can take someone out, and it makes sense, and I can put Akira in. Throw Akira in using Maya's injury as an opportunity to put her in. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh... You know, we get through that week, and then the most important you know, thing happens in massacre history. It is, yeah. Dad will probably probably be rolling his eyes after this, but it's when the VIP first uh, was formed. Vanessa Price, you know, had a backstage, all that crew, like the little picture that had the promo. You know, she had a crew that Nina Armstrong in the parking lot, and all that. She was like, uh, you know, just recruiting her. You know, Vanessa, those two were like buddy buddies. You know, people people know Vanessa as the cutthroat woman who would do anything to get what she would want. But when it comes to Nina, those two were partners to the end. Like, that was the one person she was never going to betray. Same thing with Nina. And, you know, we never came up with ideas of one or the other just betraying each other. These two, like, had each other's backs. They helped propel each other's careers. And they needed each other both. Like, Vanessa's success was key on Nina. And then Vanessa, you know, Nina made her name off Vanessa. Just all that. And she's like... You aren't like these other women. You actually have talent, as she, you know, as she said with the smirk, and that was like the start of probably not not just the start, the most dominant faction, I would say, and I think probably one of the greatest champions we've ever had. Just massacre GRC alone. It was that moment right there. I'm just, you know, it's kind of like for me, my first show here is like just looking back memory lane, like damn, these like who would have thought writing this promo would lead to like this and that. Yeah, that was the go-home show for lockdown. Mm-hmm. That one right there. So, and then, who wants to go ahead and discuss lockdown right now? Here we go. Main know. show, baby. Yeah. So we'll let y'all guys take over now talk about your portion. You know, we talked about yeah. our build. Well, before I give mine, the spinner wheel actually landed on dead. So, dead. What is... What the what, hell do you want, Shay? What was your thoughts in a business sense, owner sense, on uh, the lockdown pay-per-view, uh, and how you kind of made your decision to pretty much eliminate the joint pay-per-view afterwards? Uh, I mean, the joint pay-per-view was because we ended up getting rid of the RT shows because it was too time-consuming and shit. Um, that allowed it to be split into two different days, really. As far as lockdown goes, uh, match-wise, I think that was, like, the first thing we did was uh, the war game shit. Oh, you can't do the match a day! Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Fuck off. At that point, it's like, alright, we're gonna fucking do it in spite of you guys and show you that we can do it. Uh, Tuesday was also the first time we experimented with a uh, backstage brawl-type match. 
That was um, the go home show, I think. Yeah. Or the week before that go home show. I believe it was the go home show because that ties into. Yeah, two it was go home show. Look at the thing. So yeah, anything else you can kind of add about a uh, lockdown before I do the build? I mean, we had the Milkman and Praise still continuing their storyline. Uh, oh yep. So this I, one actually built up Hannah and Yukina pretty well, though, because they had a really good match there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was kind of one where Yukina was... She did something to impress me, and I'm like, all right, let me see what I can do with her. And then uh, we had Stitch Mort get formed and then go on to become the longest reigning champs. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, <laughs> the tag division at that time fucking stunk. Yeah, this shit sucked. <laughs> These guys fucking stink. <laughs> so, alright, anything else you want to add before I ramble on as much as a sharpen show? Uh, I mean, I guess we'd be remiss to weave out the fact that Carmelo chose a stipulation, which, I mean, geez. Oh, well, I'll, I'll get to... Actually, no, you got that wrong. So, her opponent chose it, which is even funnier. Well, Either way, yeah. Like, they got to choose it, and I think the thing landed on Russo Fuckfest, and Russo Fuckfest became War Games. There you go. So, alright, here we go. So, hot off the heels after GRFC uh, Homecoming, I had made a highlight video, because this was an idea of mine that I quickly dropped, and I ended up playing that with the... Uh, theme song playing in the highlight video because I wanted to do something that WWE used to do with the uh, WrestleMania stuff where Limp Biscuit was like three, two, one, and it would, like play the highlights or whatever. But that was something where it just took too much work. I'm like, where I'm like, I'm not fucking doing this anymore. But uh, one of the first things that happened, so taking a shot was the villain George. Who wrote, congratulations, I'll be taking that from you. And uh, in regards to Mar, so this was when he laid down the challenge. And Mar, as the fighting champion, said, bring it, challenge accepted. Uh, George said, we have history, you've never beat me one-on-one, just remember that Destino, one, two, three. Uh, Hold on. Oh, uh, Yeah. I think that was like I think like I think I defend the title days after the pay per view I believe. Well, no, because I'm reading uh, six twenty seven twenty twenty, which it was shortly after the pay per view because I posted the uh, I posted the oh it was yeah I posted okay. the results of okay. it because uh, one of the first things I, my character tweeted after the uh, Texas Death Match was hate me all you want for what I did. I don't care. Mar Rivers got lucky tonight, and what I did afterwards was bring him down to reality. I'll prove that Mar isn't a real champion. Because I gave you, like, a, a switchblade and then a curb stomp after the match. Because yeah. uh, I was I was feigning a handshake, and then I went full-blown heel on you. So, yeah. uh, George did the tweet where he said, I'm the best battle machine on Tuesday. I want Mar Rivers. Give me what I want and tag me. Uh, so, that's when... I made it official, and I did the, uh, the, at GRFC TTT, 
uh, account being, it's official. Marvers will put his top tier heavyweight championship on the line in the main event of hashtag top tier Tuesday against at George ERC. Uh, that's when George tweeted, I will face Mar for the world title on top tier Tuesday. This is why we are the A show. Screw those B shows. Good luck to Mar. Uh, and then that's when you tweeted, Mar. I would defend my world title against the man I haven't yet defeated in my career against George. Despite him being injured, I don't give a damn. Hell, I don't care if I had to roll my wheelchair down the ring before this match. Let's tear the house down on this Tuesday main event. So this was the fucking main event of the show. This is so this was me trying to build Mar as like the top uh, face of the company. Uh, and I wrote, as the general manager of Top Tier Tuesday, I can't show favoritism. However, I'm wishing my best friend George luck in his match uh, against Mar Rivers. Either way, it should be a good main event. Uh, and then this was when I laid down my own challenge. So I wrote, there's only one man in my career that I've never beaten. Tomorrow, I see if I can finally get the job done when I face Prince Shu on Top Tier Tuesday. Because at this point, I would had history where he had beaten me at every turn. So this was me trying to get rid of my demons. So the first match on the post-lockdown, or the post-homecoming uh, show, was uh, Mario and Craig versus Blade and Rage in a Tuesday tag title match, which I, which obviously Mario and Craig won. Uh, Hollywood Hannah versus Babe Ruthless, Ruthless happened, so this was kind of building back Babe to kind of chase after the title. But uh, I believe this was when Hollywood Hannah started to develop her undefeated streak. Because uh, this was when I really played into the fact that uh, Hollywood Hannah was the daughter of the Miz and Maurice. Uh, then Violet Jet versus Cooney. This was when Violet Jet was just tanking the ratings. Uh, Zach, me versus Prince Shu. That was when... Uh, I believe I lost that match if my tweets any indication. Uh, and then this. This right here, after Homecoming, was when Hell's Harlots officially became a team. So Car the co-main event was Carmella and Strawberry with Chassie and Lucy versus the Best Friends, which was the other kind of women's uh, team. And they would join up with the team I would coin the Gay Brood <laughs> <laughs> later uh and oh, then nice. <laughs> and then uh main event was george versus mar in a hellacious top tier heavyweight title match with mar retaining in a great match bonus match was johnny was versus praise which i don't know if we did or not uh this oh, was when i, I was doing the did. yeah this was when i was doing the eight match format which i would expand to like 12 i believe and jet uh, back down to 10 yep uh, and then I wrote, last minute decision, the match between Tony the Milkman versus George will now be a title match for the mid-card championship. Bad news, Jafar has given top-tier management headaches over Tony being able to win the title as a convicted felon. Because, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I believe Bad News Jafar was the guy that uh, Tony eliminated to win the whole thing, so I wanted to build that storyline. Uh... Then Mar would tweet, first I want to give props to George for putting on a hell of a fight in that main event tonight. Almost had me in some of the moments in that match, but I defied the odds and came on top. I don't care what people say about me. Love me or hate me, I proved I'm a fighting champion. And this was when George, we had made the white gear Seth Rollins attire for him. 
because that was going to be like his big kind of match type of uh, attire, just like my white attire was. Yeah. Uh, so my tweet in regards to losing tomorrow was my, or uh, my, uh, to Prince Shu was my anger and arrogance caused me to lose my match against Prince Shu. However, this is far from over. And then the Top Tier Tuesday tweeted, uh, Mar retained his top tier heavyweight title against George in an impressive main event title match yesterday. However, Mar has opted to defend his title against George and Zach inside a steel cage at the next pay-per-view. Good luck to all three men. So this was when I instated my rematch clause for the pay-per-view, and I decided to throw George in there since they had a hell of a match. I'm like, let me get the three guys going, and it's going to be a hell of a match. Uh... Carmelo tweeted, It felt great to team up with my old bestie, Strawberry Suki, but what's even better is now the best damn show of JRC has a femme fatale champion they can be proud of. Unlike that paper champ, Beirut. <laughs> Carmelo was, was a bitch around this point, which uh, I definitely leaned into where uh, Carmelo was being very arrogant. Uh, let's see. So, yeah. Uh, Mar was training, I made the graphics, so I was very heavily, like, making the match card graphics and shit, because I was doing this shit for fun, so I was like, fuck it, why not? Uh, let's see, so this is kind of the build. Uh, then, this was a very good tweet to kind of get my character, uh, some motivation or depth. Uh, I wrote, my biggest mistake in the Texas Deathmatch was underestimating, uh, Mar. I know George better than I know anyone else. There's absolutely nothing I won't do to leave the cage match as champion on July 25th at GFC Lockdown. Uh, let's see. Oh, here we go. I, I think I made this uh, uh, from the office of Zach Ripper. So here we go. This is a statement I made. Uh, before I say anything, first I must congratulate you more on beating me in the Texas Death Match for the top tier title. Uh... Defending it against George the next day and challenging us both in a seal cage match at lockdown. However, there's someone I want to test your skills against, and I extended the courtesy at his promotion to compete this week. And if he does accept, you'll be facing him in the main event this week. However, if he decides to no-show, you'll be facing Patrick Blade instead. So, here's the mic drop. This is who... I ended up getting to face Mar as a big surprise. That man ended up being none other than Emo Boy. So, this is something I can talk about and kind of. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is something I can talk about and kind of reminisce and be like, this is what I would change. Uh, so, uh, Emo Boy versus Mar for the world title was made official. And I wrote, I'll be watching the match closely. And this is when I kind of turned on Emo Boy. Now, thinking about it now, what I should have done, because a lot of people expect my guy to turn on Emo Boy, what I would have done differently now in hindsight is I would have flipped it and have Emo be the one to turn on me. Maybe after lockdown or something like that to kind of get Emo Boy a whole, like, uh, heel run thing going, but Emo pretty much was like, yeah, if you want to do a heel turn on me, like, I don't care, it's fine. But in hindsight, I feel like a Emo Boy heel turn with Zag being kind of a uh, tweener kind of character would have been very interesting. 
and it, it would have been cool to kind of see that go instead of doing the obvious predictable thing that I ended up going with, which, looking back now, there's nothing I can do about it now, but that would have been way cooler. Uh, so, yeah, Goth Goddesses debuted on the next show against Hollywood Hannah and Cooney. Uh, Bad News Jafar was facing Praise for the mid-card title, which Praise ended up winning. Because, uh, I believe, yeah, so, I believe, yeah, I don't know how Praise won the title. I guess maybe he beat Tony on a show or whatever. Uh, George had an open challenge, which I don't remember who answered it, but it was probably a big name. Uh, Zach versus Mortius kicked ass. George and, uh, Jay faced each other or something in the open uh, challenge. Probably. Uh, Carmella versus Violet Jet was fucking crazy. But, uh, this was right around the time when I was letting her go because she kept tanking the ratings. Uh, Mar versus Emo Boy, Champion versus Champion Special Singles Challenge because, uh, Emo Boy had a title in OWA. Uh, and then the bonus match was Johnny Bazal and Tony McMahon versus, uh, Stit. Yeah, versus. Hold on. Tony. Johnny Bazal versus. Oh, Johnny versus Tony. Uh, versus Patrick Black. Uh, so that's when I did the heel turn. And that's when I said, if you want a statement from me, you'll have to wait. Because that was the whole, like, heel thing where it's like, I'm going to make you fucking wait before I tell you anything. Because I also wanted to figure out what I was going to say to justify it. Uh, I also wrote, I hit my curb stomp on Mortius in my match tonight. I had him dead to rights. That should have been the end of the match. Unfortunately... Or fortunately for Mortia, Sierra Moon slow counted. Uh, Sierra Moon is getting on my last nerve. So that's when I'm... So me and Carmella are getting really pissed off at Sierra Moon. So we're kind of building up to that. Uh, let's see. So I cut a promo uh, where I say, Congrats on your win against Emo Boy last week, Mar. Although the only reason you won is because I got involved in attacking Emo Boy. I'll give my reasoning next week on OWA Wild Wednesday, so you all have to wait until then. However, I've decided to give both you and Emo Boy an offer. You see, Emo Boy had the right idea in uh, World's Crappiest Company to hire himself a heavy or a bodyguard by hiring Dealer Reality. So I went searching and found my own bodyguard. A man named Corbin Vesper, who's only made one unscheduled appearance in GRC. So maybe... I don't think that was the open challenge, so it must have been something else. So here's your choice, Mar and Emo. Either one of you can take on both me and Corbin alone, or you can put your differences aside and lose together. I'll leave the choice to you. Uh, then, top tier Tuesday to breaking news. Praise has paid Tony the Milkman's bail. Praise stated, quote, I felt like it was the right thing to do after I won the mid-cartel. Okay, so yeah. Uh, so I guess he was stripped of the title because he went back to jail or whatever, and then, uh, Praise won it. Uh, Dirty Dishes, <laughs> this is so fucked. Isn't it convenient how as soon as Praise won the mid-card championship, he'd sprung Tony out of jail? If you ask me, I think they're in cahoots. Hashtag Tony, Tony is still a murderer. Hashtag Praise aid, AIDS and abeds. <laughs> 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 I was going fucking crazy with these tweets. Uh, 
I tweeted, after thinking it over and clearing my head, I've decided the best place to give my reasoning... Uh, oh, wait, I already kind of mentioned that. Uh, so they accepted uh, Johnny Wazow versus Iron Manzi was something that happened because uh, Dead told me that Manzi was a real person and I wanted to use him because from what I remembered, he was a goofball. So I was like, all right, let me put Johnny Wazow and them together because they're both goofballs. Uh, here we go. This is the official formation of Stitch Mort on 7-13-2020. Patrick Black and Kurt King versus Stitch and Morius. Winners face <laughs> Mario and Craig for the tag titles at lockdown and d against the fucking odds. Stitch Mort won. Then match three was Praise and Tony the Milkman versus Dirty Dishes in a handicap match. Which I believe Praise and Tony won. Uh, Hollywood Hannah versus Scully Love happened. Uh, Strawberry Suki, Lucy, and Chassie versus Violet Jet in a handicap match. George versus Jet Hunter in a steel cage. And then co-main event was Zack and Corbin Vesper, which Corbin Vesper was the guy that uh, Dead had made for OWA. So I just decided to use him as well. Yeah, as I made it for FPO at first. Oh, okay, true. So we made him. And then it I'll was, um, at the time, it was meant to be, like, your tag team partner in that, because Tejano wanted that. Yeah, so then I decided to kind of make him, like, my bodyguard, kind of like uh, Dealer was for Emo for his original yeah. idea. Uh, so that's when, that's, so my tweet about that was so scathing, so I was really leaning into being an asshole GM at this time. So the main event was Babe Ruthis versus Carmella for the Femme Fatale Championship with this was when the whole flip flop roo thing was uh, kind of going. So this is when uh, Carmella lost the title to Babe again. Uh, Jessica King versus Natty Rocks was a bonus match. Tom Hawk versus Marco Da Vinci. I don't know if we did any of those. Uh, Which one? Uh, Jessica King versus Natty Rocks, and then Tom Hawk versus Marco Da Vinci. Oh, we probably did. There was only eight matches. Yeah. Yeah. More so, did that. so I wrote Zach Roper looked to make a statement in his tag team match against uh, Emo and the Touch Heavyweight Champion Mar. So this was when uh, it was in the middle of the tag match. Zach had, I think, hit uh, the switchblade or some sort of move to win, and then afterwards he fucking curb stomped the hell out of Emo Boy. <laughs> like I think he could give him like two curb stomps if I remember correctly. So, this was when I, we had the idea that Corbin Vesper was only going to speak in Japan and we'd, like, translate his promos. So, this was, like, the first one he did. Uh, Corbin looks at the camera. Uh, he set up in the harem brothel room. He said, quote, I'm the new guy in this rebuilt stable as we find the pieces to be on top again. Sadly, the ladies didn't get it done this week, but the harem king and I got our first tag win on the climb towards the mountain of glory. Emo Mar put up a good fight, but Zach having two in his path doesn't seem fair. I'll take on any challengers to prove we're here to stay. My contract allows me to go from OWA and JRFC as I please, just like Zach's. Until then, we look forward to celebrating next Saturday with new belt. So yeah, this was this is really when we started leaning into the whole Zach and his harem thing, and that goes into my most infamous promo I've ever cut here. And I'll kind of 
give a backstory and where I was at when I cut that. Yeah, uh, don't fuck nowhere. Oh, so I so I also teased my new theme song like a fucking asshole. So I'll play it a little bit. Was that the bullshit Let's one see, that took forever? It is truly Zach Roper, the goth rock star, the harem oh, king. And you have the privilege of me being in my <laughs> studio right now as I work on my brand new theme for GRFC Lockdown, which I'll be debuting. But luckily for you, I will give you guys a short preview of this new theme as a uh, little treat. Alright, that's all you get. Until the movie scrubs, until then, I'm out. Yeah, so I was very much leaning into, like, being an asshole. Uh, <laughs> Mara, goddamn, Zach. A wrestler in Top Tier Tuesday. Zach Ripper, can't let me lose another to another job, right? And then, yeah, Mar did the whole meme where... I'll fucking do it again. Yeah, so... Uh, to quote Dr. Samuel Hayden in Doom, I am not the villain in the story. I do what I do because there's no choice. So I was very much leaning heavily... So then, the theme song. So theme songs are always important for me when it comes to pay-per-views. The theme song was voted by the people in the server in the... So for a second pay-per-view in a row, uh, Bring Me the Horizon did the theme, which was Parasite Eve, which was the whole uh, COVID song, so that worked pretty well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Dad, Dad wrote, everyone, Zach has stated to me he is the in bumfuck knower, so he currently can't do the show. We'll be doing a makeup show within the week, so yeah. Uh, this was when I went and visited my uh, dad's mom, so my Grammy, and we were literally in the middle of bumfuck nowhere. <laughs> So here we go. Here's the infamous promo right here. So we're literally at the uh, go-home show. So to set the scene, Zach is seen in the Tottered Tuesday GM office. Chastity and Lucy appear next to him, straddling him, rubbing their hands against him and giggling. Zach looks the cameraman. Hello, ladies and gentlemen of JRFC. My name is Zach Roper, the goth rock star and the general manager of Tottered Tuesday. As we slowly approach our next pay-per-view Jersey Lockdown, I decided that I deserve a long overdue break this week from in-ring action. Unfortunately, George and Mar Rivers don't have the same luxury as me. Since they don't have the added responsibility of booking the shows, they are contractually obligated to compete tonight. George will go head-to-head -head with my brand new heavy Corbin Vesper, and I'm sure both men will be challenged by one another. As for Mar, our top-tier heavyweight champion, well... I'm going to test his endurance tonight because Mar Rivers will be competing in GRC's first ever gauntlet match in tonight's main event. Lucy and Chessie kiss Zack on the cheek and playfully bite his pierced ears, both giggling some more. While I'm entertaining my guests, I'll be sure to watch both of your matches carefully. Zack gives the camera a wink and Zack takes turns kissing Lucy and Chessie before the camera fades to black. <laughs> so yeah, this is my most infamous fucking promo and I literally wrote this right after that fucking atrocious uh extreme rules match that we watched so I the fact that like so I had to write this all in my notes and then copy and paste it just so I can make sure I didn't lose it uh yeah so here we go the makeup go home show so Johnny was out and Chris Jackson versus Tony the Milkman at Prey so we're still kind of teasing the whole match between them uh, I believe, uh, 
Yeah, here we go. So I'll, so this was uh, when it's been reported to the top tier management that the reason why Tony the Milkman left his tag match was because he had received an urgent message from the police. The police believe they have finally identified the one who murdered Tony the Milkman's uh, brother, the Muffin Man. And this was when we dropped the news. Uh, top tier Tuesday tweeted, After a thorough investigation by the police, it has come to our attention that Praise is now the prime suspect of the Muffin Man's murder. Police found a hair and tissue sample belonging to Praise at the crime scene. Because of this recent development, Tony the Milkman has elected to face Praise for the Midcard Championship in a gruesome rules match at GFC Lockdown. So this was when we did the reveal, and I believe I had Dead do it where Tony ended up leaving the match in the middle of it. Uh, so this was, match two was Ninth Circle versus Stitch and Mortius. They're still trucking along. Scully Love versus Violet Jet. It was, I was getting frustrated with Violet Jet at this point, and Scully Love was kind of a bum that eventually I was going to try to take her under my wing because I believe she hit a switchblade in the match. I'm like, oh, okay, I could do something with that. Uh, Artemis versus Strawberry Suki. Uh, Artemis and Athena were the uh, were the gay brood, and they were having issues with Hell's Harlots because Hell's Harlots were running roughshod over everyone. Uh, Heidi Hansen versus Hikaru uh, Hikari. Uh, sorry, versus Lash versus uh, Sting versus Yukina versus. Harakiri and a elimination style battle royal. So this was when Yukina really impressed me because she had a whole bunch of eliminations, but I believe uh, Harakiri ended up winning the whole thing. So because Yukina impressed me so much, I decided to have her go in a match against Babe Ruthless. Or no, not Babe Ruthless. Uh, a fucking uh, Hollywood Hannah. So then this was when we did the backstage brawl. So dead. How do we set this up between uh, George and Corbin Vesper? Um, what do you mean by that part of it? The backstage brawl. How did we come up with the idea and how did you implement it? Uh, I want to assume it was probably another fuck it type of testing ground match. Because probably. that's what Tuesday was. Kind we, of we were very headstrong and we were very much at the beat of our own drum and saying, fuck you, we'll do this shit because you don't think we can. Yeah. So. Uh, I think a lot of Tuesday was like testing matches. Yeah, so I believe we did the thing where we took off the ropes and we had it where it looked like a kind of uh, parking lot area or something close yeah, to that. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, and we did it like Falls Count Anywhere and shit like that. Uh, yeah. I think it was just turnbuckles. Yeah, here we Falls go. This was. It. Yeah, then uh, the co main event was Carmella Nocturne versus Babe Ruthless with the winner choosing the lockdown stipulation. I forgot who won. I want to say it was Babe Ruthless because that's what I said on the show watching it back uh, for the peer review. So I believe we did that and we just did the whole spin, a, spin the wheel thing. We did the. War Games match is a fuck it kind of thing. So we'll talk about that when we get to the actual pay-per-view. And then Mar Rivers will compete in a gauntlet match, which was when we had the infamous fucking uh, Hitman that I later said that uh, Zach hired him to soften him up a little bit. So I think it was like Craig Copeland or someone like that that uh, was the Hitman. 
No, it was like Alan Carter or something. Chad oh, Carter. Yeah. Alan Carter. Oh, oh yeah, Chad Carter. Chad. So yeah, he did. He you hit that. Chad. He hit that hellacious looking suplex on the apron. I'm like, oh my god, Mars fucking did. I'm not sure if he's gonna even make it to the pay per view. Yeah. So, so Mar was over to overcome the odds of that, but then I think there was like a big dude. I forgot. Oh, you know what? It might have been uh, a fucking the Irish dude. Uh, what's his name? Ferguson Gray that came out and fucking yeah, beat Mar. Yeah, <laughs> And then uh, the that was the main event. The bonus matches were Janice Reed versus Emma Sky. I don't think any of these bums ended up making it after this. Uh, Chris Ted's versus Iron Manzi in a fuck it, their goofballs match. And Bienvenido versus Shooter Man. Because Shooter Man kept complaining that he wasn't on the show. And I'm like, alright, here you go. Fuck it. Here you go. So here we go. That is the go home show now. Let me spin the wheel to see who's going to talk about the pay per view. So, uh. Mar, buddy, time for you to talk about your match as much as you can. Holy fucking run. Mm. Let's see. No, let's see. No, lockdown match. Uh, man, I don't remember, honestly. That's well, like, crazy. You're the damn champ. Yeah. Hey, man, I'm trying to remember. Let me ask this instead. What was your thoughts at the time? Because I know you were like busy trying to make Mike Rivers a thing in Monday, and you were trying to like, juggling it along. What would have been your plans if you had retained? Man, my plans? Um, basically, um, if I retained the title, I would have like trying to like build up more feuds in Top Tier Tuesdays. Like, uh, like um, I I would say go like build a few against Prince Shu, since that would be a dream match of mine personally. Gotcha. Maybe uh, a program against Corbin Vesper as well. Yeah, him too. Um, since Corbin would have tried to avenge Zach's loss if that happened. Yeah. Then then I'm trying to like defend my title against Emo Boy as well. That's another one. Right. Since and, you um, guys didn't really have like a real title match because I did the angle. Yeah, you know, if I still retain, I think Zach and Mar wouldn't be finished. We just like kind of just started the yeah, feud. Yeah, we, we kind of take a break a little bit, but then kind of come back to that once you defend the title enough. Yeah, right. And um, trying to make like more dream matches, you know. Yeah. And more future feuds, but yeah. But um, almost came close to retaining it too as well. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was a very. Uh, nerve-wracking match. <laughs> every time my heart, like, drop every time. <laughs> hey, what the fuck, bro? Yeah, because, uh, because Dead asked me, uh, how I wanted to do the match, and I was like, elimination, that way we have, like, a clear winner. I don't want any fucking yeah. bullshit like the Carmella match, because with the Carmella, it was just her being op a opportunistic bitch and pretty much doing it despite the fans, but I was like, for this... With these three guys, there's got to be a clear winner. Right. But, um... Let's see. 
So oh, yeah. what what move were you using at this point? Was it still the bitter end move? Yeah. Gotcha. The bitter end at the time. Yeah, because I remember you've like you went through like phases of like changing your move a little bit. Yeah. And um I think I think I used Stormbreaker as well to end like end matches as well. Right. Yeah, I didn't mean to cut you off. What was it you were saying? Before. Oh, that was that was what I tried to say. Oh, okay, um, got you. Then um, after that match, I lost like damn. But, yeah, you were you were the first guy out. I was surprised about that because I thought it was gonna be down to either you and George or you and me. Yeah, you know. Because I had yeah. no like plans on who I wanted to win. I was like, whoever wins wins. I'll just build a program off of that. So it's not like me. It's not like I, I I never really booked booking mod any finishes. I just book I booked mod uh moments or something like that. Right. So whoever won won. Like I had no control over that. Yeah, true. But uh then I <laughs> then I left Tuesday, went to Monday. Did some things over there. Oh yeah, cuz you uh cuz that was the point where I had done the uh the yeah. 30 day not complete is where it compete where it's like, all right, this guy's not showing up, so get the fuck out of here. Yeah, out of here. We don't need you no more. Right. But, uh, there's some things on, on Monday. Then I think Mark took another break, actually. Probably. I think that's right. Sad. Yeah, is that then, it? Yeah. I think that's pretty much it for me. All right. Sharpen Show, your turn to talk about uh, the uh, last joint pay-per-view lockdown. So, lockdown, we were still rocking with the um, Super Shows. So, we came with a, a flying card. I mean, we, we rocked with Super Shows till the day we died. Here, we ran um, Brooklyn Thompson versus Boston. Uh, Boston broke Maya's neck or whatever. Brooklyn's here for revenge. This is a cage Texas death match. This is a barn burner. This is insane. I think it ends with a it's sledge. Like plus. Yeah, a sledgehammer like overhand. Like, overhand the head. Straight. Brooklyn, it was like batting practice. She was just swinging like for the fences. That was insane. Um, I high nineties, I think, for the rating. Like, mm -hmm. Very good match. And a masquerade championship three way elimination steel cage. Dread comes. Dread does dread things, and Dread walks out. That's how Dread does masquerade things until he gets upset. But we'll get to that when we get to that. Then we have um. A little eight-man tag team elimination match. Tejano X, 10, Noah Thomas, and Federal Ward Jr. This is Kenji Iwabuchi, Grizzly Kamuda, Bullet, and Iscariot. Iscariot making his big first pay-per-view appearance on Massacre. And so, new arrival happens. There's a double inter interference in Kenji versus Tejano. So Kenji rallies and campaigns for a rematch, which he does get at 
the August Super Show loss in Japan, which we'll talk about in the next episode. This we're we're hyping that all up with you know all the people who were involved in all the interferences and some other ones. Grizzly Kamuda. I want to say this is before he puts on like one of the gr- most iconic matches in Mass Before history. him and Ten. But this right. is before him and Ten go insane. Bullet. Um, Crown Jewel Tournament, he's doing well. Scariot makes this is kind of before Scariot. When would you say Scariot becomes Scariot? Because I feel like he becomes like a Scariot. Oh no, he became a Scariot when we gave him the title match. Yeah, he becomes a Scariot when he defeats Kensuke Ogawa in a huge upset. Which that'll be, like, I think, next episode, two episodes from now. Even his run with. His run with um, KYO, I think that's kind of where he low-key became scary. Because, I mean, he'd do all these suicide dives and crazy stuff. So I think that definitely helped. We have Shinsuke Igala versus Yao Jaquan Show. How does this one play out? Uh, history is the uh, first time uh, Shinsuke Igala has ever lost a belt. Yao Shaquan, you know, the man who we had pegged to bury Lucifer, ended up winning the Royal Rumble, number one contenders match, and now he's here, and then he upsets, like, Shinsuke Igawa, this was, I remember this, because this was a few weeks back before I reported for preseason, you know, my freshman year of college, I just remember this, like, I know it's so long ago, and it's just like remembering just, I remember I was back home in Texas. It was huge upset. It was like, this was not supposed to happen. This man was not supposed to be here. And it was the first time, like, uh, his famous move, the parachute drop, we ended up calling it. Like, the man would just run up a man's chest, go it's so like high up in the air. a mushroom stomp? It's a mushroom stomp. Then he, like, does an inverse 630, like, off his opponent's chest. And then, like, as I said, Yao's one of the biggest parts that to our company, to the way we structure structured Massacre. Like, just history, you'll see his name just carried throughout. And this was, like, the start of his ascension. And then, so uh, Bat 5, it was probably one of our... And looking back now, it's, like, one of our best uh, tag feuds we've ever had. It's not up there with, you know... It's up there. Top three, This was maybe. the upset, I believe. It I, it was the upset. We had this, yeah, because Purgatory was a few weeks later the next month. Oh. No, 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 Lone no. Star wins it back at Lost in Japan. Then they defend it again at Purgatory. Yeah, yes, 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 and then they go was, on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was the upset right here. Uh, World Flush, I think it was the shortest tag reign. Yeah, it's the shortest tag reign we've ever had. In Massacre history, they I never... decided the tradition in the tag where you'd win it, you'd lose it quickly, you'd win it back, and then you'd hold it for two hours. Every major champion we had is unstable. The Siege loses it to like. <sighs> Siege did the exact same thing when they had an even bigger upset, which I don't know what episode we'll get that to, but that's one of those moments where. As a general manager, you sit there and go, God, we should just mod this entire thing. And Well, not this matchup. We had high, high hopes for World Flush. Like, yeah, I, I'm talking about the morgue. Um, it, look, when we get to that episode, I just say I feel like it was a reward to them, you know. 
you have to admit they did help build the division. They were some of the best workers. So we had ever high had. hopes. The Royal Flush. So them being the ones are stable was like all right. I have a legitimate, legitimizing, legitimate, legitimate. Leg, have a few to bring legitimacy. They always they hurt. They hurt. Yeah, yeah, they were always hurt. We're always hurt. This was a uh, you know the first tag reign for Lone Star State. They lost and then went on a tear. This was before the heart failure for Wild West Wranglers started showing up, and you know, man was at the man was at the top of his game, you know, fountain of youth or something. He discovered it, but yeah, this upset was like, eh, we weren't mad about it. Yeah, we were just shocked by it. It was like, wow. But Royal Flush was like, all right, we got like another second big team. You know, we had the Coke Brothers. They yeah, they come in. They just never. Hand out. Royal Flush beat the Cook Brothers in number one contenders match to get mm. to lockdown. So, yeah, they were Royal Flush. We just had high hopes. They were still huge to the inaugural part of Massacre. It's just they never reached that full ascension. Same with Ten. You talked talked about it like last episode with Asian Heritage. It was like the man was literally like one elimination away. Like history would have changed. If you think about it, but Shinsuke Gawa had different plans. Like, imagine if Tin won that. Imagine if Royal Flush had a, so many things. So many what is. Imagine if Barong didn't Barong. Yep. Barong, you suck. Yep, the hatred is still there. Hell oh, yeah. <laughs> next edition of Massacre, there will probably be a new character that Dead's gonna hate, but we're gonna love. Yeah. Uh, what you mean? He ain't all the products, kid. Yeah, see, now that makes more sense. <laughs> nah, you love Dread. No, you don't. Yeah, Dread's ugly, sir. <laughs> but, I don't yeah. like anything that I make. <laughs> Did you like? You loved Bullet. Bullet had a, you know, sweet spot. Bullet is a drunk druggie. He needs oh, help. It's funny Jesus because Christ. for his uh for his drunk version, we gave him the uh witch's scent theme, and he like fucking would fall over yeah, just running. I remember away. telling you I was saying yeah, it to yeah, that yeah, just yeah. to see how much I could get sharp to fucking cringe inside. I, I gotta see the first ep- I gotta see the first time he did that. I gotta go over watch back, but yeah, that was that was a downfall right there. Bullet, you know, cave like. Not, you know, skill-wise, he was always going to be up there. But just, like, his downfall of being a drunk, it was, like, that <laughs> right then. It was, like, he created a story. Like, if you think about, it, like, Sharp and I, we piece so many different parts. Like, Bullet's story right, was so yeah. layered. Like, it's supposed to be so simple, but if you think about it, it's, like, so layered, you know? And sometimes yeah. he'd be sober. Mm-hmm. Then he'd have different, like, win rates when he was drunk. <laughs> yeah, like... You know it's like this guy was only good when he was drunk. Yeah. Uh, so, sober bullet. Oh, he going out for the kill today. Drunk bullet. Oh, this man's going to like be Johnny Gargano, kick out like two point nine of everything. <laughs> but yeah, that's for Masker. That's our build to lockdown. Next episode, like for us, lost in Japan. That's a monumental shift in everything. This is like when the factions start growing for our brand. Sharp knows I love factions. You know. Anyone it's, who has watched a second of Year Two Monday Night Massacre knows we watch. We love factions. 
It's funny because uh, you guys were kind of setting up the whole stable thing first, and then uh, Tuesday, my show, we were kind of we were kind of catching up a little bit. Like we were on your heels, so we got the women's kind of stables first, but you guys got like the men's ones, and we were kind of like catching yeah. up with you on that. Yeah, you two. That's when the stables. Yeah, you two like women's just came. You know, VIP lunch. That's enough to carry. You know, VIP lunch came, and then everyone's like, "All right, we can't beat them alone." And we yeah. had the cosmic flyers. They were like our only one for like the longest time. Women's like this is when they slowly started. Cosmic flyers had so much right. potential. I think the biggest fumbling of the bag in massacre history are the cosmic flyers, and that's entirely on me. Yeah, I was gonna say that's all on you. That wasn't me, but we'll talk about. His failures with booking them. <laughs> and if he took my advice. Yeah, I, I saw you two co-booked it. Oh, no, we did. We but do. We let the other just, one. Uh, we take our own projects. Yeah, we take our own projects. As like Vanessa, second, that's all him. But yeah, VIP, all me. Cosmic was all him. Denara. Now, wait a minute, Shen. VIP, I told you guys how to fix that fuck up. Okay. No, no, we'll, we'll get there when we get there. Okay, we'll talk about that. Okay, oh Vanessa, God. the... No, okay, the OG VIP lounge. Now, the expansion was the your OG. idea. The, the tag OG. team was mine. OG. But the yeah, the OGs were nothing compared to year two. Year two VIP lounge, quite literally... Hey, no, Vanessa was, no, was, no, was champion by the time the the crew got together. I can't wait. I, I can't wait, wait to get to that, that part of history. We need to show the collapse when we get that far. But, yeah, I'll go more in depth about the next faction. That was my idea and my failure. One was a failure. That's all I'll say for the next episode. The rest, you know. They were going. But I'm going to let top tier, I'm going to let Zach, Mar, y'all take over. Alright, well, Mar kind of already gave his thoughts, so I guess I will be the one to finish this shit. So, top tier Tuesday lockdown, which is the final joint pay review with Monday Massacre. So, last time you guys ended up having the main event, this time it was our turn for the main event. And boy, what a fucking main event it was. So we started off the show with Stitch and Mortius, known lovingly as Stitch Mort, took on Craig <laughs> Copeland and Mario uh, Corleone in a fuckfest tornado tag barbed wire death match for the Tuesday tag titles, and that was won by Stitch Mort, which they ended up starting their monster run, and it was ended by a neck hanging bomb by Stitch. On Craig. So this was the fucking start. This was when we got our tag team division straightened out. It's like, alright. This team is what this fucking show needed. To kind of get this tag division going. So then the second match. So this was originally not. The original match I had scheduled for this. Hollywood Hand vs. Yukina in an Extreme Rules. Texas Death Match was very last minute. Originally it was going to be an Extreme Rules. Uh, SWA Rules match. But I was like, nah, that's not that's not extreme enough for this. Because I wanted to see these two just fucking go at it. After uh after Yukina pretty much went crazy in that one elimination uh battle royal. 
And Hollywood Hannah was pretty much trying to retain her undefeated streak that she built up. So that was one by, uh, that was one by, why did I, did I not post? I know that, uh, Hollywood Hannah won, but I forgot how many points they had. I think it was very close. It went on a long time. I think it was like time. two to four. Yeah, it was very close. Uh, Hollywood Hannah ended up winning, but this was like Yukita's breakout match, and that's when we did the whole, uh... That's when we did the whole Yukina Chan. Uh, she's the character from ReZero kind of gimmick we were doing. It was like after this match. Uh, the third match was Tony the Milkman versus Praise and a Gruesome Rules mid-card title match. Cause, so I switched it because Gruesome Rules is very similar to SOEA and we I didn't want to have two Gruesome Rules is UFC. Yeah, I didn't want to have two back-to-back similar type matches. So... That one, so, with our MMA matches, we usually had, like, a, I think it was, like, a 10-round limit before it went to decision, and we've yeah. never done that. The only time, the only time we've gotten close to that was, ironically enough, with Danny. They got very close before Danny fucked it up at the end. Actually, uh, no, uh, the boxing-style ones were 10 rounds, the MMA were 5. That's what Oh, it was. okay. So, this was... In the 44 seconds of the fourth round, Tony the Milkman knocked out Praise. So that was huge. <laughs> then the Cohen May event was George versus Zach Roper versus Mar Rivers in a triple threat steel cage match elimination style for the Top Tier Heavyweight Championship. So. Mar Rivers ended up getting... So, actually, it's funny how the eliminations were done back-to-back by the same move. So, I had beaten Mar Rivers with the uh, nail in the coffin because my character was very much choosing his spots and being very opportunistic or whatever, while George and Mar were just beating the shit out of each other and then teaming up against me every once in a while. Uh, so, Mar was the first one gone, so we were guaranteed a new champion. So, it was like, all right. George versus Zach, this is a match that we haven't really seen before. Let's see how this goes. And then Zach ended up beating uh, George with the nail on the casket. Pretty much starting the most infamous and controversial title run in GRFC history. <laughs> and I'll explain what happened with that in either the next episode or the episode after that with what the original idea was and what we had to fucking do. So this was the start of that run. And then we get to the main event as a big fuck you to the mod pack community. It was uh, Hell's Harlots and Carmilla Noctum versus Babe Ruthless as the Femme Fatale Champion, uh, the Goth Goddesses, uh, Artemis and Athena, and Violet Jet all teaming up against each other in a Femme Fatale Championship War Games match with the rules being that the participants that came out was randomized. So we didn't know who was going to come out when. We didn't know in what order. Uh, two women would start. Then a third person would come in after five minutes and people would keep coming and it'd be elimination style. Because when we tested this out, uh, we had it at first pin and we were like, oh shit, this match might end like three minutes, so let's not fucking do that. 
So let's just do Elimination <laughs> Style, kind of caught to amp up the drama a little bit. And the, the person who would get the final pin in the match after eliminating a whole team would be the Femme Fatale Champion. And the whole story was Babe Ruthus was trying to make sure that her teammates didn't fuck her over. And with the Hell's Harlots, it was like no matter who won, even if like Strawberry Suki or Lucy or Chassie won, they would probably, they'd do the uh, Poke Doom and let Carmella win back the title pretty much. So it was like, so the worst case scenario for Babe Ruthless, Ruthless would have been either her being, uh, her not getting the last uh, elimination and having her teammates win the title, which they would not have been willing to do that, or uh, Hell Tarlets would have done it, and either way, she would have been fucked over. So it was like very much uh, the odds were against her at the time. So the match started off with Babe Ruthless taking on Lucy, and I kind of got to scroll through the videos to kind of see how these eliminations were done. So. Uh, I believe Hell's Harlots kind of lost the advantage early on because they were too busy just beating the shit out of people. So, Babe Ruth is, I believe, eliminated Lucy first. Uh, so, Chastity came out after that. And then... Uh, who, who came out? Let's see, I'm trying to just scroll through and just see who came out and who uh, eliminated who. Because I have, like, what FirePro listed it, but a lot of it's just, like, how they pin, and I don't know who pinned who. So I'm just fucking, I'm going to read it like that. So, Lucy got eliminated by, I believe, Babe Ruthless. Then, Athena ended up uh, being eliminated via pinfall. Uh, then, Babe Ruthless lost 23 minutes in uh, with a both-hands-press pin, so I believe that mm -hmm. had to either have been... Uh, Carmella, or it might have been Strawberry Suki, actually, who got the crucial pinfall. It was either Carmella, Strawberry Suki, or Chastity who got the pinfall. And we were guaranteed a new champion at that point. So, uh, Bay was pretty much fucked in the 23-minute mark. So then Chastity was eliminated via the Clutch Plex by, I believe, Violet Jet. Because that sounds like something that she would do. Uh... 33 minutes and 17 seconds, so that's kind of when, that must have been really when they, like, uh, lost their advantage or something like that. Uh, then Artemis was pinned by the Eternal Slumber by Carmella. So Carmella was in her human attire because this was something I had wanted to do where I wanted to show what she looked like as a human before she was turned. So she kind of had the whole NCIS Abby kind of look going on. Uh, and I did it where, like, uh, Carmella's a bit weaker when she's a human, but she's still capable of, like, wrestling. So, it's just that she's not as overpowered when she's, at, like, a vampire, pretty much. Uh, then, this was the, uh, this was the determined, the determined, uh, not, so, this was pretty much the, the last elimination. Carmella ended up beating Violet Jet with the Samurai Driver, so the nail in the coffin. And that was pretty much it, and we just sped it up to see who was like would win the match or whatever. So Carmella won the belt back via the uh, War Games match, which is probably 
the most interesting way to win back a title in this whole flip-flopperoo, which they would go on to have their rivalry come to a head at the last pay-per-view of the year whenever we get to that. But at that point, Carmella and uh, Babe Ruthus were the top rivalry when it comes to the women. And, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a hell of a show where we pretty much just said fuck you to a lot of people. And this was pretty much putting the pieces in place to really get Top Tier Tuesday uh, going to uh, pretty much, like, the show it became. Because I remember at this point, I very much loosened up. I was more, like, on my meme game, and I also was, like, putting shit over as well. So this was pretty much a turning point for Top Tier Tuesday where it's like, all right. Now we got the big kind of stars or whatever with the belts. We're going to fucking build the shows around these people and make this show a big deal if it wasn't already. Because it was something where, at this point, we wanted Top Tier Tuesday to be something memorable and something where you didn't know what the fuck was going to happen anymore. So, that was pretty much uh, lockdown for Top Tier Tuesday. Uh, anything that you guys would like to add before uh, we end this? Nah, I think I'm good. Oh, I'm good. This product uh, still sucks. So, Dad, what will we be talking about in the next episode? What pay-per-view came after lockdown? Allegiance. Oh! Oh, really? City. Oh, so, okay. This was a very interesting show, then, if I remember this correctly. <laughs> For Massacre I Jack, think Allegiance was uh, Faceless and Supreme, or kind of like the headline of uh, that. Yeah, so this was when we scooped up Supreme in the draft after uh, Thursday and Friday was dissolved. After pretty much, if we didn't already uh, ended them, the fucking main event of Night 2 pretty much solidified where it's like, yeah, these shows, they gotta fucking go. <laughs> You remember that, Dad? <laughs> what? The fucking main event of Night 2 of Lockdown or whatever the fuck it was that ended in three minutes where it was like, alright, these shows have got to fucking go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty yeah. much where it's like... it's not great. <laughs> Dad already had a reason where it's like, you know, no one really watches the Friday and Thursday shows because everyone's busy. But pretty much that finish to that night was like, alright, fuck these shows. We gotta get rid of them. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like that's a great way to end it, so we will talk to you guys next time about GRFC Allegiance. So until then, rock out, scream, cuckoo, choo, bye bye oh.